0: Making decisions intentional Make decisions intentional To take decisions intentional Making decisions intentional It creates a new world
1: to minor shift
0: Intentionality, perceptuality, conceptuality We are choosing
1: to shift our mind To best for the world intentional to take decisions intentional making decisions intentional. decisions intentional Make decisions intentional to take decisions intentional
0: making decisions intentional
1: welcome to feeder foundation for intentional decisions and this episode is number 10 And in this episode, we are going to talk about the applications of basically the whole previous nine episodes we have talked about and look at different areas where this kind of thinking can be applied. My name is Jens Rinald and welcome also to my lovely uh, co-host, Stella Nordahl. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you very much uh, Jens and um, hello everyone and welcome back to the Feeder Broadcast. Uh, I I really looked forward to to this episode. Uh, It took us nine other episodes (laughs) to come here to um, see how intentional decisions really can apply to life. and We have been exploring life uh, but still we haven't really felt it. Uh, really engaged into it. And that's hopefully what we can do today, I guess. And and uh, I would ri- really like to explore different applications. And when we talk about applications, um, maybe we should give uh, some kind of an explanation of what we are thinking of. Mm-hmm. Do you have some um, help here or some ideas?
1: Yeah, in some way you can say this is the result or, or how do we apply, like I said, this kind of thinking into for example, personal development as a topic, organizational development, societal development. But on the other hand, I also believe <coughs> application we w- is already what we have done before. I mean, it's not like a separation again between thinking and now we execute. I mean, it, it has always already been in the process of being applied because by gaining this kind of thinking, this kind of understanding, a systemic perspective on life, we already basically change what we're doing and already change yeah, the application uh-huh. of our knowledge, so to say.
0: So what you're saying is that um, there is no opposition between theoretical views and practical views? Is that more or less what you're saying if you, we use the terminology that we're used to? Yeah. Uh, or maybe, if we use the terminology that we have explored we don 't separate ourselves from ourselves that is we don 't separate the world into an inner and outer we don 't separate what is measurable from what is not measurable, and we don 't separate um, we have used the three three metaphor we don 't separate the roots from the crown uh, and the stem, so it 's all there at the same time that is that I- what i'm hearing you say
1: yeah exactly this is a is a good description i can believe and i mean they they both fulfill different functions as we have said there the trees the tree has different functions the, the 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 leaves have different functions than the roots i mean that's by default designed like this but in the end they form a holistic coherent picture where everything comes together um, so we need to have a good theory as well as we need to have a good practice, Practice, mm. I guess, yes.
0: So Jens, uh, if you could choose, what application is you mostly interested in, in exploring right now then? Mm. What is your... If you could choose, I, I mean, a lot of those, um, I, I would say all of those episodes, we haven't talked before, so um, we actually decided upon not to talk too much about the topic, So when we started out with each each of those episodes we were more like I was blanking from from where you were supposed to say and you were blank from my perspective or my uh, ideas. So right now I'm eager to say please let us explore an application. Which one would you like to choose (laughs) Jens?
1: Two topics that are very close to my heart are personal development and organizational development. And I think Again, we can't separate them because we need the people working in an organization to develop understanding and insights and uh, good practices. Um, But again, if we come together as a group, we already form an organization and that is mostly how we nowadays collaborate or I guess through whole human history have collaborated in order to to
0: evolve. Mm -hmm. Shall we start with personal development then? Because I believe that since I started working with those thoughts 12, 13 years ago, I've seen, first of all, I've seen that there is kind of a direction, but I've also seen that there is almost by default this separation between practical stuff and you can call it meditation, yoga, mindfulness. And it's and when I say it's separated, it's what I mean then is that you can have those experiences on a personal level and you can have it on what people call a private level, but then they go back to their work uh, or go back to school or go back to whatever they are doing without applying in it, it. and that is why we call it application because something you apply in life. Hmm. So what would then happen if, for instance, if you go to yoga and you would apply those principles into your work life, how would that look like? Have you thought of that? Or are you practicing stuff like this? Um, meditation or Yeah, some kind of body work.
1: Yeah. Um, Qigong, for example. And I mean, I think something that we have to consider before also speaking about the application, and if, if that hasn't been becoming clear in the last episodes, is um, the nature of work has also shifted. And I guess that's also why we are talking about a new way of thinking and a new kind of framework about making decisions intentionally on a daily basis on, on different levels. So previously there was, uh, I would say, a manufacturing process, everything, most of the work was done by hand, so you could optimize by, by making, uh, having a very efficient production line, for example. But I mean, since I guess the 60s, knowledge has been the most predominantly uh, nature of work to sort of say. So everything we nowadays do, even though there is still production processes, it is more about where do we apply it? How do we use that knowledge in different business areas? Um, It is about, as I said, innovative ways of coming up with new solutions or using existing solutions in different contexts. And that is by nature a work which you can't really make efficient by paying people more per output mm. so this brings us then to okay why do we uh, use different practices and then the question mm. here is um, if i'm in in harmony maybe in, in balance, uh between all these uh, four functions that we talked about uh, the four levels then I'm this is where I become whole as mm. a person and um, yeah for example I can do yoga in my lunch break or do some sports in between tasks why? because the physical movement will also influence my um, mm. cognitive capacity
0: yeah and I'm also thinking of uh, if we use for instance movement as a terminology for go having a uh, physical break. Why can't we use movement in, in where we we'll live uh, and where, where what we do? Uh, for instance, uh, in, in meetings, we can uh, include the thinking of moving uh, around by doing, for instance, uh, uh, walk and talks. You can go outside, out in the nature. Having a uh, strategical meetings out in the nature will bring things up that you won't see otherwise. Um, having an experience together out in nature or out in in, in the in the city or wherever it is also um, brings up new ideas uh, and it also takes away the uh, the previous patterns that were in that meeting room and patterns between people and patterns between roles and functions and patterns between thoughts. Um, So I would say going Taking with you the principles, for instance, from, I I don't know, but the principle of meditation will probably be to listen to yourself or something Mm. like that. What happens if you do that and listen to others? If you use that principle, instead of talking, maybe you should actually use a principle of active listening. And what will then happen if you're actively listening to what people say instead of being occupied by talking by yourself?
1: I I really like this uh, approach. Yeah, and uh, I believe right now we we are really on a a verge of of seeing um, how can I say, a lot of physical systems breaking down and um, I think what is critical to understand nowadays is that not only the what can we see and observe? Like, what are the symptoms that we basically see? But also, what do they mean? And I mean, by that, we are already moving from a physical observation of what am I seeing towards how do I metaphysically interpret this? Mm. And again, as we talk, there is a correlation between, I mean, what, what do certain events mean? And I think that is where we believe, or where I believe, where where we are now at a critical point where we have to understand or try to seek insights into why are these things that we see that are dominating the news happening. Um, And for example, coming back to our organizations, I mean, we see a lot of mental health issues rising right now. A lot of people speak about they don't see really the meaning in, in what they are doing anymore or organizations can't provide that meaning. And I mean, these are all metaphysical constructs, but I mean, they uh, still have an effect on our physical body. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: there was an interesting uh, article uh, half a year ago, something uh, from, it was in the US, a hundred or something uh, CEOs for, uh, um, I don't know how many where the companies were registered, but there was some kind of a, uh, they were like writing an article together about uh, we're not only here to to maximize the shareholder value, we're here to to do something more, and they were talking about purpose and and they were talking about meaning and so on, and I believe that um, it's not only something that we're seeing happening; it's actually something we need to do as humans, as world, and as uh, yeah, humans in society and human community. Hmm.
1: And I mean, this is exactly what, what I'm thinking of. It's like there has been a lot of focus now, and I think also with the help of the SDGs on in environmental issues. But these are, if we think about the triple bottom line uh, mm-hmm. um, and and also the social sustainability. I mean, environmental sustainability and I guess the economic f- uh, as as the strongest indicator have been the most observable or the most predominant mm-hmm. um, aspects. And now we are also seeing the value of social sustainability uh, in designing organizations, in, in yeah, working and living mm-hmm. together, um, which includes things that what you said, meaning, uh, purpose, learning. Hmm. What do we learn from yeah, certain and situations? And also
0: some kind of an ethical framework and maybe an ethical sustainability. Uh. I would say that Corona, we talked about Corona opportunities, but also Corona b- have uh, provided us with a enormous test bed um, called uh, The World. <laughs> <laughs> so we have um, the last uh, months, um, and maybe when you watch this, it maybe have turned into years. I don't know. So, but right now we're still in uh, some kind of, it's quite new s- still to, to the world. We are talking about half a year in maximum since the, the first cases from Corona came along. And uh, we talked about it earlier that the last couple of months have been um, almost like 10 years of, of consciousness raising in, in the in the society. And, and uh, as it provides us with a test bed, uh, for me at least it says, What is sustainable and not sustainable? What is reasonable? Not reasonable? What is to value and not to value and and So on so there is some kind of a possibility right now to look for an ethical framework and maybe decide upon such a one and um, I mean we shouldn't maybe stop flying but not the way we have done. Maybe we shouldn't stop um, Bringing up animals, but maybe not in the way we have done maybe we should and so on, have meetings, of course, but not in the same way we have done. And and, uh, a lot of things that are brought up right now into the surface has been there as something going on for a very long time, maybe 50 years or something that we have been blind to. And when we're talking about blindness, I would say again, we haven't valued, we haven't even seen what can't be measured so first of all, we have to see what can't be measured. Then we have to value it, and when we value it, we can also embrace it and 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 have it as internalized in into the systems we have. So, I mean, a lot of people also say that yeah, we have a system that that is like making people um, ill or making uh, the society. Um crashing or maybe uh, the environment uh, doing harm to the environment. What well, I would say, we have systems that deliver what they're s- set to deliver. So we have to change the systems and that is us. So while we're now realizing that there is more than what then we can see, it's also easier for us to, to value it.
1: Yeah, and I think that is for me the biggest change on on a personal development level mm. is instead of asking my environment what, what does it for me? It's like I am I need to ask myself what can I do and provide for my environment? How can I contribute to something? What is it that I would like to do ideally?
0: Yeah and also already in school that we have some kind of an idea on, on what is creating stuff. I mean everything we see that have been made by man it's originating or what do you call it? Or, origin? or- originating, originating from a thought, mm. some kind of a fantasy, uh, a dream, or uh, whatever it is that has a metaphysical um, origin from start, and then it has been manifested into into uh, uh, physical stuff, and when we did that, and at the same time forgot to value the fantasy, it's very odd. And, and I would say I've had a lot of, um, of uh, interesting thoughts uh, the and so on concerning this because if you look at the universities, we have behavioral um, science, but not fantasy science. So or dreaming, you can't like go into uh, an ordinary university and say, I would like to take a course in dreaming. And uh, we talked about this before about lucid dreamings, and we also talked about when stuff is manifested uh, from your thoughts. And um, yeah, we have a lot over here, a lot of to exper- <laughs> explore and experience together here, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you take away the the source of 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 inspiration. Mm. Um, I mean, how can you be innovative then in the end if, if there are no new ideas being generated but you're basically stuck with the manifesting manifestation of maybe at this point outdated ideas?
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean yeah, we talked about that previously uh, also in some of the episodes concerning uh, the tools we have to uh, manifest or to develop stuff uh, for personal development, for organizational development, business development, societal development. Strategical tools like SWAT and so on. And they will only bring what they were set there to bring. I mean, the consciousness level from which they were created, that is what they will create. Mm. So we will get more of what we don't want right now. As long as we don't change the way we think and the way we do. So, uh, okay, so that's personal development. If we go into some some more of the applications and, and apply those thoughts of, of intentional decisions into what would be the next topic then be? What if we would, um, something that I've been very curious about is the oceans, the oceans, they are like, everything that is beneath the surface is like hidden more or less from, from humans. And I wouldn't say this is the only reason, but this is probably one of the main reasons to why we, we pollute the oceans. We just, yeah, we just pour everything out into the ocean. It's, it's you know the, uh, the solution to, uh, pol- to um, pollution is dilution. You <laughs> just spread it out in in the. What would happen if we would value, what is beneath the surface? Th- I think that is very interesting. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm thinking of. I mean whatever form if it's on a personal level organization or societal level I mean we can always go back to these four functions and ask ourselves and then maybe starting from from what you're saying with an ethical framework because I believe in the end it is about my own actions and being aware of of the effect on whatever I'm affecting Mm. and it could be different things could be nature, could be organization, other people could be myself and of course you know I, I won't Probably be aware of everything I do, mm. but I'm. I mean, the one things that I'm conscious of, I should be able to steer into the direction that is beneficial. Mm.
0: Yeah, but then you have to be able to see it. I mean, people can click when when they order stuff on on the internet. They can click like free shipping. Uh, there is no sh- such thing sh- as a free shipping. Uh, I mean, I- there is someone n- or something somewhere that pays this price. And when you click that you don 't realize that there is a plastic island created uh, on the other side of the of the globe and um, i I really love the idea of uh, that was presented to me a couple of uh, months or maybe years ago i don 't remember exactly it 's about it 's about awareness of what is beneath the surface it 's called uh, ocean literacy so when you get aware that there is something beneath the surface and you start valuing life. Uh, below water, I believe that there is something happening with you. Uh, at the same time, you also v- value what you can't see with yourself. So it's almost the same shift in some sen- in some sense that when you realize that there is like a a landscape beneath water uh, uh, or at the surface uh, into the water, and and that that landscape it's it's dreamlike and it's huge, it has mountains, it has valleys, it has its own t- creatures, uh, and, and it has the biggest creatures on earth going around in, in, the, in the ocean. And uh, I mean, this is very symptomatic uh, actually to, to what we do, right? Because last year, it was, um, uh, I think, the, I don't know exactly when the date was, but there was a date when you were supposed to not put uh, what you call s- uh, sulfate. Uh, yeah. sulfate yeah. Uh, in, into the air any longer so the idea was then uh, to just take the <laughs> the what do you call the the uh, the stream and uh, instead of going into the air you just put it down into the water <laughs> so that was what we did as humanity when when this uh, was put into our um, yeah that was something we should do with a uh, all the ships they should and s- uh, the and the pollution of uh, or with the uh, sulfate and then it just went from air into water mm-hmm.
1: so what you were basically saying is that we need to have a transparency of like what is the effect of our actions for example yeah, if I yeah. if i sign up for uh, i don't know any social m- media platform i don't pay anything for it but still i'm Someone is using my data. It's called yeah, yeah. Let's call call externalities.
0: Every choice you have leads to some consequences. Some of them are easily seen. You can be aware of those consequences. So, um, but there will probably also be consequences that can't be seen, and those are called externalities. And those externalities are maybe um, that's where the big price is paid. Mm.
1: And that's why I'm thinking of if we start with an ethical framework, what's the biggest, I guess, starting point that we can t- consider? I mean, it has to be planet Earth. I mean, yeah, maybe even yeah. more. Yeah. But I mean, right
0: now... Life, I guess, also. If If we would look at the planet as something that is alive, which it is, I would say this will bring at least forward the discussion uh, and and the dialogue about is is it reasonable to to do this is it is it sustainable to do this is it what we ve- want to do and so on but of course we have we have we know that the animals are alive and we treating them like shit <laughs> <laughs> for a long time so i mean maybe it's not enough we have yeah. to have an ethical framework uh, that is more or less guiding us or telling us what you should do and what you shou- shouldn't do, and and um, I guess the need for that one is right now. When you go into intentional decisions, wha- what we suggest there is to to have empathy as one of those guiding principles. And if you use empathy, for instance, and you go into uh, the biggest creatures on earth, the the big whales, they communicate by sending signals to each other for very long distances but what happens then if there is a large ship coming a tanker going um, this is noise pollution and noise pollution hasn't been known for that long I mean I don't know exactly when when someone came up with the idea that we're polluting the oceans with noise but last year there was a report from uh, the Coast Guard of the the United States uh, saying that this is one of the biggest problems for the big animals in in, in the oceans so before that it was not like commonly known at all and that's interesting because how do you uh, meet (laughs) and mate (laughs) when when there is like uh, you can't hear anything
1: yeah and I mean if you put yourself into the (laughs) shoes is probably not the right metaphor here but I mean if you put yourself in the position of that animal I mean you can imagine for yourself that this this is not a nice situation no
0: Um, Mm. there are a lot of those animals the big ones the the big whales that they uh, they um, go directly up on on, on, on land and they uh, do everything to get out of the ocean and then uh, people find them and they drag them down into the ocean and and them out in the ocean again and then they do the same thing they turn around 180 degrees and goes back full speed and <laughs> uh, so we don't exactly know about why that is phenomena is happening one suggestion is that the noise is too yeah uh, it's too hard to bear so it's they're committing suicide more or less to, to get rid of the noise but that's that's something that that we don't know about but that is one of the theories behind it. Hmm.
1: But I mean, at the same time, everything that we don't know about, we can also learn about. Yeah. I mean,
0: I like that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> everything we don't know about, we can learn about. Yeah. Shall we take learning then as a, as the next a next application? We have been into personal development and into the oceans. What about uh, learning? Is that interest interesting uh, for you too? Yeah, I mean, talk about.
1: It's interesting, and in I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't want to say it's like just lifelong learning is essential and that's it <laughs> <laughs> but I mean there has to be we have to have a curious mindset and an mm-hmm. openness towards making new experiences to letting things emerge without already judging them Um and yeah at the same time I'm I'm also a little bit how can I say like I mean can we ever be as objective and, and let things emerge without us judging
0: them? Is is objective the thing? I mean uh, can you even be a, an objective observer if, if you use the intentional decisions ideas that uh, there is always a choice that I- implies that there is not only physical uh, material but also uh, some kind of a consciousness uh, that is fundamental. That means then that you can never be an, an uh, objective observer. Uh, you always um yeah affecting the the system in some way or putting in your own uh, ideas into it and and of course that's that could be a problem but on the other hand that also means that learning is not linear any longer that means that uh learning is not only dependent on some kind of a knowledge that you're supposed to gain and then uh, r- uh, repeat <laughs> and, and when you repeat it get the high grade. So that means that if that has to happen uh, learning is uh, I can learn from you and you can learn from me and the best thing is that we can learn together and that means that we're in the same room having experience together at some point maybe you are the one who is taking the lead and, and um, teach me and, and then at some point I can teach you and then at some point we can learn together
1: I like this because this is what exactly what I was thinking of as well. It's like learning changes from just receiving information to creating it, maybe or creating mm. it, mm. but maybe even creating it together. As you said, mm. we learn mostly in in, in our uh, dialogues with other people because there it's mostly where we test ideas, even though sometimes we are not conscious of it. Mm. But I mean, if I say something and you say, oh, I have a different opinion about it, then this is already mm. an opportunity for us both to learn, like not mm. on the matter who's right or who's wrong, mm. but I mean, what arguments do you have for your position, and can I understand them? Can I validate them? Mm.
0: Did we did we talk about the, the, the? I guess we talked about the words when we talked about in the previous program about dialogue and and, and a discussion. I guess we mm. just just to uh, to take that discussion or dialogue into <laughs> this. A discussion means to dis- uh, dissect uh, and and uh, uh, take a part. And uh, debate is even to take the arguments and knock in the other's head. And dialogue was when you uh, understood the other, the other part's uh, argument. And if you take that into learning, I would say we all come there with pieces that fit together in some way. It's like Lego bricks. Um, I guess that the difference between what we uh, was previously known as the existing paradigm, now it was the old paradigm, <laughs> and, and the new one that we're exploring is that in the, uh, the old one, we had a puzzle. We had a puzzle with pieces that were supposed to fit together, and there were exact amounts of them, and they were supposed to be put in some kind of an order, uh, giving a, a picture that was already uh, decided upon b- in, uh, in advance, and uh, you were supposed to find all the pieces and put them in exact order. And uh, while this the other um, uh, description here, would be Lego bricks, where you have Lego where you can put into any uh, configuration or any idea that you want to explore. Or so instead of educating the way you put the pieces into the puzzle, you explore what you can create with the Lego bricks. Mm
1: i mean something that is very close related to taking this lifelong learning approach and, and also believing that we um that we always evolve by learning new things um also requires us to i guess be more appreciative or maybe less judgmental on uh if we see someone doing it i sometimes have their I mean, myself, the the expectation that I expect a professional person in, in uh, to do these things. And then what I mean by this is that, that you ha- create some kind of exper- expectation of this needs to be perfectly ordered, structured, and then you don't allow the room for, for anybody to make a uh, mistake because that would basically be not professional. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if we are all on this constant learning journey, how can we ever say someone is finished or how someone is is now mastering his mm. or her expertise area
0: mm. but thi- this also um this application uh, area of learning it also comes into how we look at humans um, a couple of years ago i was uh, visiting one of the governmental uh, uh, parts of s- um, of the swedish system uh, called the special pedagogiska skolmyndigheten it was like a part of the government where they help uh, special uh, special uh, teachers, special teachers, what is it called, special teachers, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, that work, uh, um, and up to that point, they had been working with kids with special needs, and they were so glad because they were also from the 1st of January, the next coming year, also being able to work with those who have uh, special abilities, mm-hmm. and we looked at each other there, and, and we were like, okay, um, haven't all kids got special Abilities and also special needs. So, if we look at at the kids, like everyone has has special needs and special abilities, then there won't be any problem for those who were like very special. Or ve- I mean, all of us uh, have some kind of a need and also some kind of a ability that can be developed. And if we want to look at the people or the person or the the kids like this is normal. So instead of having a, some norm, which is the normal, that's why why we use the word normal, um, having a norm saying that you're always special and you're unique. Mm. That would probably mean that you can't have those um, um, one direction, uh, big classroom, uh, presentations, you would probably need to have uh, another way of of learning.
1: Yeah, I mean you ha- you have to in some way find the individualization for every person, every human being, mm. uh, every student in that context.
0: Yeah, and you can ask the person what are you I- interested in and of course there is some kind of, at least I wouldn't say of course, but at up to now we have had some kind of curriculum, uh, but that doesn't oppose that you do it in, in your own order. So even if you have a curriculum, um some of those uh, topics are maybe more interesting in some certain uh, time of your life and another time, maybe a year later, you're more interested in whatever it is. And so it could be personalized. I, I like personalized instead of individualized, mm. if it's, that's okay. What's the difference for you? Yeah, but the difference for me is also concerning the this shift because the individual, it's taking, uh, again, from individ taking away from its context. Why personalize means, mm, yeah, considering your personality and your person and your personal uh, ideas. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Mm. So, um, okay, so learning probably has a lot of connections to different applications. (laughs) One of them is, can I choose one? (laughs) Uh, w- I don't know what, to, to how to what word to use now, so I w- <laughs> w- use the old paradigm uh, word, leadership. Hmm. And um,
1: Why can't we call it leadership anymore?
0: Yeah, we can do it. Mm-hmm. But then we have to, to rethink uh, the meaning and reinvent leadership because uh, when we say leadership, as at as least I've been taught, I'm, I'm, I studied leadership from starting in the, in the uh, Swedish Army and um, I'm a Swedish Army officer. And um, leadership is, when you say that, you actually imply, and I would say more than imply, it's actually equals to lead or be led. And then people try to redefine it as a self-leadership, and you have to l- lead yourself to be able to lead others. Why do you have to lead others? If, if we learn together, why can't we decide together?
1: Hmm. I mean, you also said that in within learning, sometimes you learn from me, sometimes I learn from you, and sometimes we learn together. And isn't that this is my interpretation of leadership? So sometimes Mm. I just take a lead, and then because maybe I know something more about the topic, um, then I am naturally drawn to maybe take the lead in Uh, doing something uh, about it.
0: Definitely, and and if you listen uh, to this podcast or you watch the YouTube uh, pod. there are examples that have been up there for a long time. Uh, the Reggio Emilia is one of them, uh, Montessori, Maria Montessori and, and the Montessori school system its another one. So there are a lot of examples where you can show that this is possible. Where you can have a personalized cu- curriculum, where you can have a personalized study um, plan, and where you can have a personalized experience of what you're supposed to learn. So there are possibilities I would say. And they are not new. I mean, Maria Montessori, it's like 120 years ago or something like that when she came up with the idea that kids uh, uh, are capable of learning.
1: So what I'm thinking I understand from you is that you would change the meaning of leadership into um, that we don't have to lead others
0: don't have it's not the oh. right word because there are there will probably be times where leading others is needed where leading others is the right thing to do but I guess most of the time I mean I trust you that you have the ability to take choices that are um reasonable and good uh, under the circumstances that you're in uh, and in in the uh, in the context that you're facing, so why shouldn't you do that? Mm.
1: So by leadership, you mean reducing maybe the interference or influence on other people
0: consciously? Not consciously, more by by default, more (laughs) more or less by by, uh, the system that we're in. Uh, I mean, we have uh, designed hierarchical systems, which is one thing we can have that, of course, if you like that but then applied the um, idea of of, um, uh, someone better fit to decide than you are, Um, even if it's uh, not like that. That is what we believe in. Authority in um, hierarchical system. So you put your trust in an authority and that authority is also in top of the hierarchical system, so it says more or less that no one except of that authority is fit to to make decisions that are that are right or that I- are good or that are. I mean, it's an idea, mm. and you can choose that, but it's just an idea, and you can choose another one. Yeah,
1: I mean, I have been disappointed from my expectations that I had from authorities. Uh, so far in my life. Uh, so that's where I can definitely relate to what you're saying. Um, so w- what would then the yeah, what new would paradigm then,
0: mm, What would that look like? That's a good like. question. I would say leading together, if we're leading is the right word. Self-organizing is uh, maybe the best uh, term. Co-creation maybe is another Uh, terminology you can use Uh, of course you can use leadership but then you have to redefine it and you really have to be cautious about people and their views of leadership because if you use it what you more or less is saying is what you're used to so if you have had uh, or if you come from a from a culture um, a business culture or a societal culture where you have a strong leadership that has been more or less the way of working, then I would say you're, you're not only stuck with leadership uh, as as uh, as a leader be led, you're also creating that over and over again. So yeah, it's leadership is uh, a word I would say that is self. I don't know what the expression is, but amplifying itself. Mm. I mean, right now in Sweden we have had uh, the corona here for a couple of months and and right up to yesterday or the day before yesterday it was uh, the government and the parties that are uh, very often like uh, having debates and they are discussing and they are even debating with uh, um, more or less uh, not only words, it's also like uh, really nasty uh, situations coming up. It has been away for a while so they they have had like uh, a peace like <laughs> uh, dialogue which I really really appreciate I would say um, and right now it was the day before yesterday I guess uh, that was the first debate again for the, the leaders of the parties and that was not nice so I can look at it and I can think didn't you learn anything <laughs> Didn't you, weren't you here when we? Uh, the rest of us were like uh, having those huge experiences where people come together, they helped each other. Um, you know, you and I, we have talked about it like uh, Mother Earth is saying, go up to your room and come down when you can behave. And they came down and they couldn't behave. So maybe they will be <laughs> sent up again. I don't know. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, because uh. what I'm thinking of right now is like, is it could they agree on having dialogues because they basically cared about the same thing? I mean, they were probably caring about the well-being of Sweden's population. Uh, so they all had an interest in in creating uh, yeah, an agenda or activities that were contributing to that. To that. Uh, whereas now maybe the focus goes into other topics again and, and it becomes more spreaded different focuses for different uh, political areas, uh, for political parties. And therefore, they have to represent again a specific mm. kind of thinking or, you know.
0: I mean, if if you take any other person right now in the work situation, this is their work situation, right? <laughs> if you take any other person and you, uh, for instance, someone who have now experienced working from home, you say that little thing, that is not huge, but for a lot of people it has been a revelation, more or less, that you could actually work from home and organizations that were previously, it was like um, it, it wasn't possible at all. And uh, now it was only not only possible, it was entirely possible. Would that person say, no, I have to go to this place where I have to travel for one and a half hour to be in this place where I c- when I could do the same job, maybe even better if I work from home. Is that even relevant? then you haven't learned anything. Then learning is like zero. And this is what actually happened here, I guess, when, when they had this first party leader debate. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't judge them um, uh, yet, but if they don't shape up, uh, they will probably be sent up again <laughs> from, <laughs> Mother Earth will say again, go up and don't come back before you can behave.
1: Yeah, because I'm thinking of not only do we need to have think about like, you know, what's the first principle and, and and what is an ethical framework, but also why are we doing this? Who are we doing it for in the end? And then sometimes we get lost in optimizing our own activities or optimizing things for the, mm, mm. how can I say it, sake of improving the efficiency. But mm. is that always leading us to creating an impact that we mm. want to
0: create? Yeah, and efficiency is uh, is uh, connected to uh, to measuring. So uh, as soon as we measure again and only value what is measurable, efficiency is is uh, not only crucial; it's uh, the thing. Uh, and again, why do we do why do we do what we do? That is what you you want to put into the p- put on the table and mm-hmm. say. This is, what is the purpose? Is the purpose this shareholder value? Or what is the purpose? Is the purpose whatever it is? Or, or wha- what is it? Is it efficiency? Or is it to be in opposition? Is that the purpose? I mean, can't be.
1: And this is why I'm thinking of political parties. I mean, is their purpose to represent the ideology of the party? Or is it being elected from, from the your population and represent the interests of the population despite the ideology of a party and maybe this is where we have to rethink the political system and say well building up on on what you said before if we take the word of self-organization or self-leadership then I have to basically make my own voice heard in in a democratic uh, dialogue and we need to listen to everybody's voices.
0: Yeah, and those voices that are not present in the room, I guess. Especially uh, those ones. I, I don't know how many um, workshops I've been at or uh, dialogues. or. Uh, I mean, we can disc- take an
1: example yeah. of do we have a party, for example, the ocean? Who represents the ocean in a mm. political dialogue?
0: Mm. Didn't we talk about natural rights in yes. uh, one of the previous episodes? I really love that when, when, the in that case, the, um, the river got its own rights.
1: Yeah. But it's again making something which we yeah. don't see mm-hmm. observable. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So should we take another application? And uh, yeah, you seem to be excited. Yeah, it's your turn. Choose. <laughs> okay, I Ye- can choose freely. Anyone? Maybe something we can explore together that uh, we haven't been thinking of before.
1: I would like to spend a minute uh, on on organizations mm? because we we just talked about it, and uh, the question here is for me very present in It seems to be, from where I stand, so much limiting is this shareholder value. I mean, everything we do is based on how much money does it generate and better today than tomorrow. And we have this quarterly focus and we don't take into consideration externalities or long-term perspective of the business. Generational
0: e- investment and so on. I mean,
1: I can go for, for on forever, but I yeah, mean the general problem here is that we only value the things that are measurable and that we can yeah, see. And this
0: is where the shift comes then. If we go into intentional decisions, uh, all, all of a sudden we realize that three to four months is stupidity if we optimize on that. If we are supposed to optimize on thump- something, I- we have to optimize on generations and, and generational investment which means that you actually destroy stuff by having a three or four months uh, time span or... um, And at the same time, things are um, changing so fast today that we don't even know that what will happen in maybe three or four years. Mm. So there is some kind of a interesting I mean, if we go for three or four months for here and three or four generations there, and we go in, in, in between and maybe come to a three or four years, I would say we can't use goal setting any longer. Setting goals won't help. We have to find those principles again to be able to have a long term perspective. And we have to have principles that we decide upon together will help us having a long term perspective.
1: Mm. And I want to pause here for a while because this is also a shift I think that is really essential in in how do we look at the world and maybe the word is complexity here. Mm. It's because in the old paradigm we assumed that everything is how it was in the past can basically predict the future. We can use some kind of guidance from what we have done in the past to predict the future. Yeah,
0: extrapolate uh, uh, extrapolate extra <coughs> I can't say the word <laughs> extrapolate yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is.
1: It's basically you create a budget based on on how much you earned mm. last quarter, yeah. and mm. then you have to increase it by five to ten percent next. And and mm. this is how you grow and and very steady and and very controllable. But what you're sort of saying actually here is that we are, I think, now at the point in time where we don't know what the future will bring. I mean, we have this exponential growth curve, mm-hmm. exponential technology, and and you like to call it the opportunity curve. Mm. Um if you look at these things we can't really predict anything that is going to happen mm. in the future so that it means we are from now on we n- we realizing we don't know anything anymore no, that's which right. ha- which is by definition needs to make us more open more experimental but it also brings us to how nav- do we navigate in complexity
0: yeah and also how do we create in, in times of complexity and and in complex systems, and there is a fantastic quote by Joe Gibera, you know, the coach Joe Gibera who had those <laughs> fantastical quotes. He says that um, uh, the future isn't what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that, uh, and, and it's tr- so true um, because, as you said, we d- were taught to predict based on what it was, but now we can more or less conclude that such a prediction will definitely not help us any longer. And again, we need some kind of a framework, navigation, um, a map or something that can help us um, taking decisions based on, uh, on um, yeah, something more than shareholder value, something more than short-term perspective, mm. something more than um, what we used to do
1: and i mean we talked about principles in 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 one of the previous episodes uh which are a good way to navigate complexity um the intentional decision model provides us already with three um dimensions and three principles to orient on ourselves on um yeah i think that that could be a good starting point to to reflect upon is this helpful for for us is this in the direction that mm. that we want our generations the c- upcoming generations planet earth mm. uh, to go to
0: yeah and it doesn't have to be that tricky you can actually uh, ask yourself questions i am i'm also a rit- uh, rotarian um, the rotary they have had uh, as an organization the four-way test it's like four w- questions you ask yourself um before you take a decision it doesn't have to be tricky yeah. uh, one of them is like is this fair to everyone that is involved <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the <laughs> questions and i yeah and and i would say having simple principles or theoretical principles that's the way how you, you terminology within complexity theoretical uh, means Easy to understand or easy mm. to, to like grasp. a thumb of rule almost, yeah.
1: Thumb of rule, yeah. Something like uh, the golden rule, for example, yeah. Mm. Treat others as you want to be treated.
0: Mm. And if I we f- would apply that one, I mean, we <laughs> would we already <laughs> we be, <laughs> we on be on build. a good level, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But I mean, you can even mm. take it further and say, like, treat others as you wanted to be treated, mm. yeah. I mean, that is even
0: putting more emphasis on, yeah. on empathy and, and, uh, and uh, treat others like they want to be treated. Then you have to ask them how do you want to be treated mm-hmm. and and there is a lot of of uh, steps here you can take and and finding them uh, will i would I would say one of the ideas could be to invent new ones but I would say that is um, not necessary I mean we have a lot of um, systems that have been working before we can go in looking into previous civilizations the big religious uh, uh, principles we have the uh, both the um, the world religions, uh, but also indigenous people and, and, and uh, civilizations that have been around for maybe thousands and thousands of years. And uh, again, we, and you know, when we talked about the tree metaphor, we talked about, okay, what if we ask the tree before we cut it down, <laughs> is it okay to, to cut you down? That means, again, that the river has its own rights, that the tree has some kind of a right, and, and the ocean, and, and so on. So um, all living organisms, uh, and maybe more than that.
1: Yeah, I think that's yeah. a, a paradigm that I would really like to be part of. Mm.
0: And we're there right now. We're in the in the eye, really, of the storm. And uh, I think this is where we end this uh, first 10 episodes, I guess. We have uh, been on a journey of exploring life together. We dug into the history of ideas and the, and the ideas of of uh, choice. We went through, uh, I mean, the fundamental assumptions and, and the guiding principles. We talked about principles. We've been into those loops of learning first loop where you go into the what's the second loop where you go into the how's the third loop where you go into the why's and then the fourth loop where which I believe right now is what we need to do and that is ask ourselves questions how do we look at the world Uh, and um, what uh, was previously taken as granted is maybe what we shouldn't take as granted any longer and question it not only before because of of the question it uh, but also because of we need maybe to find new ideas, new, new ways forward. And then we moved into um, choices and we moved into the language and now we're here. And we have dug into some of those applications that are called life. Mm.
1: And I think, as you said, the question of how do we look at the world? Is it a machine metaphor that we can use according to our wants and simply replace parts that we don't like? or is it more a symbiotic relationship that we u- live as a living organizing uh, organism in yeah in, in symbiosis with our planet with other people and and as you said asking other people other beings how do they want to be treated i think that's a it's a very good start to mm. to reflect in this eye of the storm how we w- got here how but also i think we have talked about a lot of ways of how we o- could also get out
0: of it again mm. and how can we move forward mm. so um thank you very much for to all of you that have been with us during those uh, 10 episodes this first season uh, with the uh, feed broadcast the foundation for intentional decision and if you're interested in the in the model itself it i, I mean it's uh, Um, it's about intentional decisions but uh, it's not much more than a a model you have to do the intentional decisions yourself (laughs) and (laughs) and we as a world and so on and if you want to know more about it we have uh, gathered stuff uh, both there is a short booklet um, and there is also a a little short instruction movie and we have uh, books and stuff like that so if you're interested please contact us and um, for now, uh, I would say, let's end this show with uh, some kind of, uh, uh, I- if, if you get to choose a quote from the new paradigm, what would that quote then be in the terms of the application of quotes? <laughs> 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 okay, <laughs> say that again. Yeah, <laughs> if the application of quotes, I mean, uh, all quotes, I mean, a, lo- a lot of quotes in the old paradigm, what would a quote be in the new paradigm?
1: So you're looking for a specific quote, or yeah, you can
0: find a new one. Mm-hmm. You can you can create a quote by yourself right now.
1: I would say a quote that represents my how I look at the world right now
0: is that I'm everything. Quote by Jens Sennet, <laughs> and uh, I I would also provide a quote here. Then I would say, um, uh, what we choose is what we get. So that's my quote. Yeah. So what is your quote? Love to um, to talk more in, in the next season of Fede Broadcast. But for now, the 10th episode is uh, ended. And uh, thank you very much for being uh, here with us. And uh, please help us here. If you um, want to help us out, uh, contact us and, and spread the, those episodes. Also uh, help us by supporting us on Patreon. We have a Patreon account patreon.com slash best for the world and uh, if you want to look at more broadcasting ideas like this you can also visit best for the dot world where there was a live broadcast sent uh, this spring 80 hours of live broadcasting now on a youtube channel near you <laughs> so um thanks again and uh, uh, see you in the next season yeah thanks We are competing in, we are repeating in, we are believing in. It's time for us to shift our mind from
1: best in the world to best for the world. Make decisions intentional, to take decisions intentional,
0: making decisions intentional. Make decisions intentional, to take decisions intentional. Making decisions intentional It creates a new world to mind a shift Intentionality,
1: perceptuality,
0: conceptuality We are choosing to shift
1: our mind To best for the world, best for our world Make decisions intentional To take decisions intentional Making decisions intentional. Make decisions intentional. To take decisions intentional. Making decisions intentional.